sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Julian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Great to be on. I've just hit that record button and I've gone live on one of our groups and I always sort of realize that I fumble around like a buffoon before I actually figured out that we've gone live. But it adds flavor and character to my personality. So there we go. Gillian, you are the founder, the CEO of Pudding. Uh, you help people, organizations with branding, self-branding, making them connect with their customers and their community as well. But would I, have I missed anything? Um, yeah, so look, a lot of what we do, Joe, is um, we work with companies so that they can connect with their people internally as well as their people externally. So it's for us, it's not about the customer. And that's a lot of misperception perception around um, branding and what building a brand is about. Uh, customer is really, really important, but actually it's all stakeholders. And I think we've seen that obviously since COVID. We've seen that now even with um, people questioning what's happening in terms of sustainability, the world we live in. You know, there's a lot of questions that people have and there's a lot of um, questions that corporations have to answer to all their stakeholders. So when we're building a strong brand, it's more than your customer and it's more than you visually are sounding okay as well yeah for me when i think of branding i think of self-branding how do i show up in the mornings how do i act during the day (laughs) words can never be taken back so be very careful of what you say especially within an organization as well so you know you mentioned there that the world that we live in and yes it is you know it feels like we've being woken up and shook and shouted at and we are suddenly waking up and going oh my god what the hell is going on are you finding that more companies care now about their branding or is it something that a lot of them believe that our branding is a nice logo and let's just get on with our mission statement no, I think I think they are they are definitely seeing the value. Um, I've worked in this industry for a long time, and for a lot of it, have felt like I'm hitting a wall and trying to convince people of the impact. And that's why I called the company the pudding because for me, the proof is in the pudding. And I, and I didn't mean about us; I meant about if you invest in your brand, which is all elements of your business, including your people, your environment, your community. So I do think there has been a movement to believing in the value of of building a strong brand that has a strong connection with customers and the value you give to customers, as well as a strong connection with your people. And that's probably the piece, Joe, that's increased since COVID more. And, and we're behind in Ireland as well versus other countries, but definitely that connection between people call the employer brand. So how do you show up for your, your, your people who work for you and also how do you attract talent to work for you? So companies don't have a choice in it, but I also think there's a new wave of leaders out there who believe that it's not just about the profit margins and it's not about the balance sheets and the PL lines. It's inter- interesting you say that because my next question was, who buys into it in the organization? Like, is it middle management, is it top management, or is it the, the general staff of a company? 
what you want to buy in it, that it comes from the top. You want, you know, and I've sat with CEOs and C-suite leaders and I, if I'm trying to convince them of investing, not even if it's got to do with money, if it's got to do with time and energy and belief in it, if I have to convince them that there's going to be a problem, one, we're going to start fighting, we're not going to end up being friends because the value isn't there. So the best place it can come from is from the top. And there is definitely leaders that I sit across tables from and actually not even like a CEO or a, an MD or a, a, an, an entrepreneur. It could be the C-suite team, which is more difficult if it's something like the chief financial officer, the finance people who are looking at all the money being spent in marketing. I'm doing inverted commas here, the fluffy stuff. We're and <laughs> we're allowed to that. And um that they see that there's a value in now because they are connecting the return on investments from a financial perspective. Um, you would see middle management and like all through the organization, but some more than others. But the best place that it can actually be valued is at the, the boardroom table. Yeah, I would agree because I've been in meetings with organizations and we spoke down with the owner and they've gone right yet we're going to go with this and then they say and here's the team that's going to look after and then you they go away and you never see them again and you're kind of going hang on this is not this is exactly what we don't want to happen that you need to be involved this is well i don't have the time i says you need to make the time if you make time for the organization then your staff will make time for the organization if you don't they'll just Mm -hmm. think that it's another fancy label or something that they're sticking within within the company to a feel good factor yeah and like a, a project that we need to do because the boss said we to do it and he's not or she's not involved in it so yeah there has to be ownership involvement and you have to lead by example i think unfortunately that's the pressure for leaders leaders have to lead by example and that's hard because there's so many elements in the business that you want to lead by example but i think if you're going to for example if you were if you were uh, repositioning the company and you needed to rebrand or refresh it, or you decided to open a new arm to the company. If you need to look at the brand and you need to make some changes to the brand in terms of how you communicate, um, your messaging, what looks like, any of those elements, you would, that's a big thing to do. So if you're making that decision too, you have to be involved in what that positioning is and what that messaging is. Or like we see with companies, if somebody, if somebody acquires a company, you're, you're acquiring a company and now you have to bring two companies together and either go under one brand, have two brands, and you also bring two lots of people together. So how do they merge? How, do they, how does that culture come alive? So that, that's all brand related. And again, if you, if, back to your point, if the leader isn't there and they walk out the door and leave everybody else to sort it, there's going to be big issues. So if a company then come to you and they're talking about getting something you know under the hood working when do you say no to them that you know this isn't going to be a good fit that you have a complete different view of way this should be done when do you make that decision say no this we're not working together yeah, a couple of reasons. One, if they, if I find the um, the CEO themselves or the C-suite team aren't backing it and they're kind of, maybe they've had the middle management try to convince them and then the middle management are bringing me in to convince the C-suite. Now, I, I often have sat around a table and talked about what this means and the C-suite have got it. But if it's a case where I'm still trying to convince them, I've talked back to that point of we're going to not have a good relationship here and someone's going to fall out. Or a bigger one for me is, 
if the company is trying to communicate something that's not real. So if they're saying, oh, we need to be this company and, you know, I'd say, well, are you doing that? Like, is that, are you the most sustainable company? Are you this? Are you the most that? And, oh, no, no, but like, we need to say it. Then for me, like, I have no interest in working with companies that we're not going, they're not going to deliver it. Now, if they're working to, to get there, that's a difference. But if that authenticity isn't there, for me, I have an issue. But there's the thing as well. A lot of companies will go out and say, we're the best in this or we're the best in that. And a lot of companies, you know, want to be different, but they don't actually know how to be different. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're looking at all their competitors and they're acting on what their competitors are doing, but they're not really being themselves. Like, mm-hmm. Do you find that, that, you know, we all want to be the best in the world, but there's only a small amount that can really, truly be authentic. Um, no, I, I don't. I think I think it's very hard to maybe be. I think authentic. You can be authentic and small. You can be authentic, and I think you have to define, I suppose, what your goals are. So we work with a lot of companies around what's the ambition, and if we use their lovely American terms, what's your BHAG? What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? So that could be. And I, my mom is an entrepreneur, and when she defined. I remember years ago asking her what success was. Her definition of success wasn't to be the best in the world or, you know, have this massive company or anything. It was about her being the best in her location. It was about what she could do for her herself, her, her staff, her, her customers, et cetera. But it wasn't. So I think you need to define what success is. And I think you need to look at what your ambition is and then work from there because you can still be authentic and not have to be the biggest in the world. See, it's, it's parameters. That's really where it is. It's, you know, where you want to be. And it's, we've mentioned the word authentic a couple of times. And I just did a post on LinkedIn about being authentic. And what I said in it that, you know, we are never truly authentic. But in fact, what happened, what would happen if you personally were being authentic and you would lose family, friends and your role? Are you willing to take that sacrifice? And that's for me. See, I think being authentic is. Yeah, authenticity. I think it's 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 also back again, and this is really interesting for our world around um, the understanding of terminology or words or how we define things. Words words have power. Oh, absolutely! And there's a really interesting um, uh, uh, content writer that talks about the difference of one word can be a lightning bolt to lightning bug. Like one word can change everything and how we use it, but I think. Like doing, like doing, if you go back to the business and the business saying, look, we want to be the best or we want to be really good at what we do. I think it's about intention. Like that for me is, if you say to me back to the question around working with people, if they've got good intention, if they, if they themselves want to better their business, the stakeholders develop like good products, good services, that good intention. Because even if we talk about the sustainability and all these big things that people feel like, I want to be 100% authentic, 100% sustainable, 100%. It's not about that. It's about all of us are working to better ourselves and to better maybe how we can impact the world or our footprint on the world. So for me, when, when we're sitting around the table and I go, this is the company I want to work with, it's, and that's what we try to do is partner with the company, is that they are, again, bettering themselves and what they do and the environment that they're in. Yeah, you know, there's, I think as we meander through life, you know, we pick up pockets of wisdom and experience and knowledge that help us develop our own brand. 
Um, sometimes we look in the mirror and scream and shout, and sometimes we look in the mirror more more now and be happy and joyful because that's what it is. Where you know, um, example, company embraced, but there's a pocket of rebels who are toxic and don't want to, mm-hmm. to embrace. So say you have an organization from 20, 30 people, there's three or four people who've got together that not buying into this. How do you overcome that yourself? Yeah, I think, well, one, I, I'm, I'm for rebels most of the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm for rebels. I love a rebel. I'm a person who yeah. likes to throw a couple of okay, bombs in when I'm in the room. Shiz storer. Let's call them that. No, no, I think there's, there's a difference again to someone going, I'd like to challenge something because I'm a challenger and I think it's really important that we have challengers in the room. So I would never shy away from someone who's a challenger or a rebel or someone who wants to change things to somebody. Again, I think you, were, you mentioned the word toxic or being really negative and not giving anything a chance. I think that's obviously, it's, it's very different. One, there's an issue there culture-wise, because if you've got 20 or 30 people and there is four or five or a couple of them, that's a good percentage of people. That's an issue. Um, and I think then we would even talk to the leaders around that. And we've worked with companies where either people have been let go or managed out, not because of not because we don't want to work with them, because it, it's not actually right for the growth of the business. And a couple of toxic people can have obviously a very big effect on a company, no matter what size they are. So I do think if, if we spot that, I think we, we really do work with the leadership team around like those people for, for us our role in it when we're in workshops or anything if there's someone there we don't like the workshops are not supposed to be a place to get in and give out about everything again you want if, if, if we're in as a group of people working with a group of people who want the business to do better even even the things that are hard to talk about we should talk about the tough things but we should be trying to find a way out of them and I think if somebody's not finding a way out of it for me that's a HR issue yeah, that definitely. It's you know you 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 can't save everyone off the Titanic. You know, you know you need to be. No, a- but I think but we have to understand. I think we show more empathy as well, Joe. I think sometimes it's not black and white. So why is the person negative? Why is what's not gone right with them? What's going on with them? Is this something that's happened all the time? So I think for me, that's one of the I suppose my own skill set that I really try to lean in is to have that empathy and understanding. Yeah, and I agree because, you know, what I'm learning as well is that, you know, we have to do, everyone talks about, you know, sympathy and empathy, but I think the next step on that is compassion and understanding, Mm -hmm. really understanding, and then trying to help that person because that person or that group, they might actually just be suffering from something because there's an experience in the organization that wounded them. And if you get them to talk, and actually listen to what they have to say and then act in take one of their opinions or one of their point of views and act in that that will strengthen the bond that a company has yeah i think as well it's back absolutely i think it's back to like there could have been workshops in the past we've heard this in the past it could be workshops that could have been external that company that came in it could have been that the leaders like asked us our opinion and then they did nothing about it. So to your point there, some if someone expresses something, what's done with that? So I think if the person 
if you can have empathy, compassion, if you can try to extract what's going on, it's, I think even from the example we were talking about at the start, if there's a few people that are toxic and there's maybe something really just, they're not the right fit for the company, that's different to one or two individuals or a couple of individuals for different reasons, having some, maybe even, it could be personal issues. It might be something that happened to the company before. They might feel that they're never heard or there could be something happening at home. So I think it's about trying to get and understand that and then understand, are they right? And sometimes the person isn't right for the organization and they would flourish better in a smaller organization or a bigger organization, or they'd be better to work in a hybrid situation or fully. In, you know, so I just think it's, for me, I suppose, I just don't see the world in black and white. I see it in very much in color. Yeah, I don't think it is black and white. I think you have to look at everything and make those decisions in no water, make the decisions to move forward on it. You see the world in color. Why did you get into branding what made you go down this route yeah I, I suppose I I am um, if I go back even to secondary school so I was never a person who did well in school I did fine I got leaving cert didn't get the points I wanted still got to university but didn't get the course I wanted but I still went because I didn't want to repeat my leaving cert I, just, I always wanted to continue moving forward um, I was in college at 17 so I was eager to get to college eager to 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 keep moving forward but when I ended up in college I ended up with subjects that I did do well in and they were in the subjects of communication of marketing of understanding and trying to understand people behaviors I enjoyed the human resources side of college I just had those subjects so from there, I went and did a postgrad specifically in marketing. I did a research master's in branding. So as I continued to understand the people and companies and how they interact and communicate with each other, I just, I just loved the world of branding. And then because I came from a background of my mom having her own business, um, my dad had his own business as well. He wasn't so good, but my mom was a really, she's a really good businesswoman. I saw her build a business with a strong brand and a strong brand around reputation, doing the right thing, thinking about all the stakeholders. So I think I've been influenced in my personal life as well as then I think I found when I did study and find that area that I, I felt strong in and got A's in and did really well. And I ended up lecturing and, and going down a, a, an academic route before I actually opened my own business. And um, I really just enjoyed that understanding of, of people. And even when I, for me, if you think about businesses and lo I love the business world, business is all about people yeah 100% like I knew at the age of 13 I wanted to get into selling um, had a, a fantastic experience after you know after school I got into doing computer programming MS-DOS and realized very shortly that I would rather jump out a window <laughs> than be at a computer all day banging away. Why did I go into it? Because it was everyone was going into computers and this was going on your mother go get into that. This is going to be the best and realized, oh my God, I can do this. And then just got into grown businesses from an early age. And one thing that but I... At least you knew as well. Yeah, yeah. At least you knew, you knew not to keep going. While other people, I don't think sometimes make that moment and stop they just keep on the path so it's fantastic to kind of for you to go that's not for me you know and and like you like my sister would have been my mentor and she would have you know been a very successful entrepreneur like she brought apple into ireland she bought western digital wow. a lot of the pharma companies like she'd have would have steve jobs on speed dial you know when he was and <laughs> i learned a lot from her and 
what I realize as going through life and through all the businesses that I've been in, it is community. It is people. Everything, you know, I, I say that there's three elements to a business. There's, you know, self-development, there's processes and there's systems. And you need to get the self-development right, because if you get right what's going on in here, everything else will flourish. And all the years and everything, you know, all the business been in, the thousands of people I've interviewed, it all boils down to one thing at the end of the day. What I believe, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, is common sense. Mm -hmm. Real common sense. Stepping back, having a bird's eye view of everything, making that judgment, you know, that intuition, gut feeling, and making a decision to move forward. The decision may be wrong, but at least you made the decision to move forward so you can act again on it. Where most people don't make decisions and they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think I, I suppose for just even personally, I trust my gut on everything. And it's pretty much bang on every time. And sometimes I don't want to listen to it because I don't want to hear what it's saying. But, you know, you go with your gut and and, and that's, it's, it's said for a reason. But I, I, I truly believe in that. And, and I also believe in the make a decision, move on. If it's wrong, you make the next one. Yeah, yeah. Instead of screaming. Uh. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. It's funny, I, I, I'm running a poll on LinkedIn and it's, do you use your intuition? And it's yes all the time or sometimes. And it's 50-50, really 50-50. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's, it's lay the cards on the table, think about the other people, you know, and... I, because I'm a, I'm a, I believe I'm a conscious leader, I make decisions and go, okay, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for the other people in the organization. Because when a lot of people do stuff for themselves, you know, subconsciously they'll do it. But if you're doing it and, you, and I actually say it, okay, how is this going to have an impact on everybody else? And look at that. Because I'm grand. My head is, I'm, I'm sorted. How is this going to affect everyone else? And I think that in branding and personal branding and communities that, you know, and what you're doing is really will help companies thrive. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think any, any strong leader for me that we would work in, they're always considering everyone else. You know, they're always looking to, how it, like you said, it affects everybody else. What does this, how does this impact everybody else? What does this decision make and mean for other people if I make this decision? So, um, no, I absolutely agree. I think a, a really, really strong leader um, is, is, is always, I, <laughs> well, I, see, I, I, know, I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting actually, even around that, um, like we've seen a lot of, of um, really tough backlash on especially American companies where their CEOs are taking just, I mean, oh my God, in crazy money, absolutely crazy money for salaries and bonuses um, and where the, the people on the ground are barely on living wage. So I, I do think there's a real backlash to this now. And I think that's, you know, that's a really extreme example, but I think leaders have to think about that in relation to when they're, they're looking at something that they can look at, like you said, that helicopter view. And then it's not tunnel visions. Yeah, but, but it's going into America. There's one thing that 
you know, I worked in America for a long time and worked with in with the U with companies in the US. And they're one thing I love about it, the Americans, they're very trusting. You know, they're they're willing to give everything a chance. And the positivity is up there. Sometimes it's toxic positivity, but it's up there. But they'll also at management will stab someone else in the back fairly quickly to get up the ladder. And we see that even in the American government as well. So that, but that's a different story, but you know, we won't go there. Um, but it's, it's, you know, willing to do something to get up the ladder and, and as well. And yes, you know, some, it's not all about money. I think, you know, money can desire can drive money, but that desire will never be fulfilled. You have to, I think really sort of focus and ground yourself to understand who you are within the organization as well. So, you know. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing, Joe, is like a lot of, whether we're working, because I work a lot really closely with CEOs and um, the C-suite, a lot of people are doing a lot more work on themselves, a lot more thinking, a lot more, you know, whether it's working with coaches, business advisors, you know, personal coaches in terms of business, how can I be a better, better leader? You know, obviously see all the courses out there, et cetera. But you do see... And I think it's just not, you know, we would have been getting talk about the Americans, this, you know, coaching or counseling or whatever it is. But I, I do think there is a leaning into, again, this betterment of, a, of you as a person and betterment as a leader, because obviously this is, you know, you want to improve yourself. But I think people are doing it because they also want to do it for the people around them as well. So I think that's been a shift I've seen, I think, in Ireland in the last few years and excelled during COVID. Yeah, it's you know I run a conscious leadership program which really gets the person focusing on themselves. And if you know we all have baggage, and that baggage will sometimes wake us up at three in the morning, or you know will 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 haunt us about something. And you have to sort of sit back and let that go. Just let it go and understand why it's there. And that gets the person better and better all the time. With your business, as this is as a business show, you know. Um, do you prospect? Oh God, yeah. And all the time. All the time. Do you cold call? Uh, we don't cold call. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but we have, we definitely look to targeting customers, prospecting them, and then seeing, do we know anyone within that company? Do we know anyone that knows that company or those people within the company? So we, I suppose for me, I'm not a person to pick up the phone, do that cold call. But we still, we're, we're, we want to grow. We want to grow our business. So we'll always look at avenues of how we can connect because it's always back to the people. It's not the company. It's the people within the company that we want to work with. Um, so we'll always look at ways to, to connect with companies for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's, it's funny because we had um, Benjamin Delaney on and he is just basically, he's, he calls himself the most hated uh sales trainer in England or in the UK and he basically follows just on cold calling and you know to grow the business and everything as well and you know what coming from a sales background I I know that you know there's multiple ways to grow your business and there's multiple ways to reach out so you have the lead generation you have the soft the experience but then there's the there there is the rapid space of aligning yourself up with a company so you can make that call you know, and absolutely cold calling 
you know, when people think cold calling, they think, oh my God, give me a number, give me a pick up a phone and just call someone. No, there's, <laughs> there's you know, there's, there's a strategy yeah, this, behind it. And, yeah. yeah, I think there's, there's also a spectrum behind it of like, mm-hmm. like that, I think even for cold, and if you think about it, I think that it's traditional thing is like cold calling. The wording is yes. wrong. Cold calling is is wrong. And the other thing as well is that when people think of sales, they think of resistance. Ugh, and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's another mindset that they have to do, you know. And I think it's trying to sales sometimes can be the thought that comes to mind is convincing somebody to buy something and maybe even that they don't need. You know, like if you think of the, the things in your head about stories or movies or car sales people, I don't need a new car, but I've been sold this yeah, car. I and I think you can have a negative effect. Years. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> car sales people are great at selling but I think you can walk into a car dealership and go I want a new car and and then they could and then they'll sell you the best car but I think that the 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 connection with sales can be negative it is it's you know those whole Hollywood movies dog eat dog and the best man win and everything as well yeah 100% but they also you know, what people re- need to realize that they need to have those conversations with people to do business. You know, you can't sit at, you know, sit at your desk all day just hoping someone drops you an email and goes, oh, look, no business on it. No. And I, and I think for me, what I would say for us and for other companies is when you talk about targeted. So you might, you might come across people, you might have current clients, but you want to maybe move to the next level. You might want to move to enterprise level clients. You want to, you yourself want to grow your business. There could be a particular industry you really want to get into. If you don't have the warm contacts in that industry, you have to figure out how to connect into that industry. So if you're being quite targeted or you want to be targeted, you have to think about the steps that are involved with trying to connect to those companies that you know you can add value to. Because I think that, I suppose for us is, when we're looking at somebody that we'd love to work with, if we think that, for example, we work in um, a lot in employer branding. So if somebody's looking to really have built a strong employer brand, and these companies obviously are a bit bigger because they're employing larger amounts of people. So if you want to, you want your company to be out there as a place to work, that's a really strong place. But if we can see people are hiring and they're hiring and they're struggling with hiring, we know that we could add value to that. So, the, so we're trying to connect that value piece. I'm just thinking there, you see a company's hiring, so you apply for a job just to get in front of the guy. You go, hi, no, I'm not here for the interview. I'm here to sell you my product. <laughs> I love this, Joe. This is why you're in sales. This is why you're in sales. I might take that, I might take that strategy, Joe. All on that, you're on it. But um, t- tell me, um, What's next for you? What's the big thing for you as a person and your organization? In terms of what we're trying to achieve, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, look, we want, I want the pudding to grow. It's not a lifestyle business for us. And for me, I've started seven years ago at this stage now, and we've been really lucky to have clients globally and a lot on stateside so we work a lot with companies here in Ireland which has increased lately as well as a lot of American companies are within Ireland so we've worked with some of the companies here they take us even back then where they could be head office where we end up working with the 
the actual wider company, not just the local office here in Ireland. Um, so we, we definitely want to do more work and more work globally, internationally, but we're really happy to be a boutique agency. We're really happy and proud to be uh, an Irish company that's doing work globally. We're never going to be this large conglomerate. It's not who we are. Um, we love doing really amazing work and we love making an impact in the companies that we work with and not just the company. A lot of what we do, and it's back to the conversation we've just had for the last few minutes, is about the people that we work with. So we, I can see us, we've made impact on the people that we work with in organizations. They themselves have either developed their own skills within the brand or the marketing media arena. They themselves have increased their business skills or communication skills. So we're really working with the individuals within it and really trying to see what they're themselves are looking to do and the companies that they work in so we do we really we love making an impact we want to make more of it and we want to do it with like that really small small it's a small boutique firm so um we're like a SWAT team that comes in and works with large companies as well and that's what we're proud of you know we're we're not that you know 100 people agency and you know you're not that's what you're not you're not getting that with us so for us to continue to to build as a company to get more people who want to work with us like that um, and do really good work with our clients. I think that's, the, as I say, the proof is in the pudding. You know, it's it's really sort of working with people and it is community that, you know, there's one thing that I say to organizations, you know, people go home and they sleep for eight hours at night and then what they do is they, you know, go to work and they're working and they're, they're working. So the, mo- the most time out of their day is actually in work so that's a community and they need to build that community and strengthen that community because the gap between work and sleep is very small and that's your family but the rest should be a community base so organizations need to be understand that they're community based that so to help everyone in the company thrive survive and be happy that's what i believe anyway yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, we're even ourselves always trying to even get better at it because we're we're gone fully remote. We still have a hub and we'll look at maybe either maybe opening other hubs, but then it's hard because we're not together. So we lose that connectedness. So like we're always trying to better. I'm trying to better. We 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 preach these elements and we talk about the brand. We're always that's a big thing for me is to practice what we preach. And you're like COVID. The next thing that will throw us a curveball and the next thing is that we're trying to constantly, like you said, make decisions, move forward, listen to each other and find out how do we thrive in our environment and at home and in our lives. Look, there's always been curveballs and you can either go down the road of fight and flight, you know, or be calm in the center of the storm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember God's the... I was going to say, you know, the I was going back. I was going to say the Boer War, but no, the, the you know the Falklands War, and that threw mm-hmm. over here and in England at the time a curveball. So yeah, look, mm-hmm. you have to just everybody's going to drag their attention towards something, and the companies that make it are the ones that actually get their head down and steam ahead, and they're the ones that are going to make it through anything and everything. That's the, absolutely the on, it, on it. Last question before I let you go. Um, what advice would you give to an organization an organization out there that wants to follow a brand but are unclear of the route they need to take? So for me, it's to get in a room 
and ask some big you know questions of yourself so has has that company or or if you're if you're listing and thinking about your brand and building a strong brand because you already have a brand every single company has a brand every single company has an employer brand in terms of why people work there or attracting talent so everyone has one is it purposeful is it have you decided on building the brand you want and the business that you want so for me it's getting in a room especially with the key people within the organization the founders the executive team even bringing in a mix of different people depending on what size the company is getting out your whiteboard or your you know your flip chart and you can do it on zoom you can do it on zoom but it's nothing like being in the room so being in the room together and asking you know what is our business ambition what are the things that we really value within this company what are what 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 do we do that's amazing? What makes us different? You know, what is our, our positioning in the world? So you can look at competitors, like you said a while ago, people watch competitors. It's always good to have one eye on competitors, but really look at yourself and really look at the differentiators you have as a company um, and really understand that. And then back to the sales thing, you know, what what product and services do you have? What's your differentiator and who are you selling to? So I think it's, it has to start from that centerpiece of you, your purpose, your values, and, be, and and get that in a room and work that out yourselves to a degree. You know, obviously you can employ lovely companies like us, Joe, but, you know, the first thing is actually, because I'll ask somebody, have you ever done this? Have you sat with a blank piece of paper and really thought about what's at the core and the heart of the business and the heart of the brand? That's the first place to start. There's a lot of companies out there. If you ask them a lot of questions, they look at you with, you know, deer in the headlights. But that's what it is. At least they're willing to accept it so they can grow. They can grow. And I think that, and understand, and if you go back to your salespeople or your staff and arming them with the best that they can be armed with so you can reach your goals and, and your objectives, the more that you have clarity. And even if you make, continue to make decisions and get curveballs, but still go, this is who we are. This is what we're selling. This is what makes us different. You can arm people with the knowledge that they can to go out, to work together, to build better products and services and to sell those to the world. So I think that clarity piece for me is just absolutely critical. And it's okay not to be clear, but you need to work on it. Uh, yes. Once clarity is is has taken hold of an organization, it will, whoosh, that energy, that gut, everything inside of it that intuition you know and like for myself is i get the best best times of my creative ideas for the week in the morning you know those clarity thoughts clear head clear head yeah clear clear head sometimes i feel Mm -hmm. like you'll see me one day on here in my dressing gown because i've had great ideas (laughs) and i haven't had time to tell to write it down or just jump on be authentic in my dressing gown and tell the world I've got an idea. You got it. I got to share this with you. Got to share this with you, Julian. Where can people reach out to you if they want to check, um, connect with you on LinkedIn or on your website? Absolutely. Yep. Julian Horn on LinkedIn, the Pudding Brand on LinkedIn, our company page, or websites, thepuddingbrand.com. Um, so Instagram, Twitter, you can find us everywhere. But definitely, I love. I mean, for me. Again, it's back to people. So if anybody wants to reach out and connect to me on LinkedIn, that's that's the best way to, to connect to me personally. Perfect. Excellent. Julian, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, we'll connect. Thanks for having me, Joe. We're delighted. Delighted.